Hello everyone and welcome to episode 14 of Dixie Discusses. Um, absolutely delighted this week. Um, I've got someone who's part of a, a huge sport and family in Liverpool, uh, a best-selling author in his own right and a massive Evertonian. It's Mr Emmy Anora. Emmy, how are you, mate? Are you okay? I'm good, thanks, mate. And, uh, thanks oh, it's an absolute pleasure, on. mate. Uh, I say, I know. Obviously, we've been planning on it for a few weeks, so it's brilliant to get you on, mate. Um, how, how are things at the moment with you? <clears throat> not too bad, actually. Just um, yeah, not too bad. Uh, kids are back in school, <laughs> which is great. So because <laughs> they just been <laughs> out and home. But um, but but yeah, but so things are good. Obviously, the sooner we return. To normal, the better for everyone. I think like everyone's, everyone's kind of, you know, the novelty wore off a long time ago, and everyone just wants to get back to some kind of normality so we can get out, see friends, go to match. Exactly, mate. No, we all, I, I totally agree, mate. Um, and I know what you're saying, obviously about the kids. My little fella, I think he's a little bit younger than yours, mate. Uh, he's two and a half, but the way it's going, I think I'm gonna have to get a second job to feed him. To be honest, mate. So, um, yeah, the sooner he goes to nursery and stuff, the better. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely with you on that one. Um, as I mentioned at the start, mate. Obviously, you know what an incredible backstory you've got, mate. Um. First of all, I mean, for, for obviously those those people who don't know, obviously the the, the family that you come from, um, incredible sport and you know sport and family. Do you want to just touch on that a little bit for us? Okay, okay. so um, first of all, is me. I'm the eldest of nine, as it as it turns out. So we just come. We're just a big family. We're always into different things, but sport mainly. So uh, my younger brother, um, Ifeanore, he, he had a long career with, uh, started off with Gillingham, played for others, sorry, started off with Uddersfield, played for Gillingham, Swindon, had a little stint at Tranmere, um, Walsall, uh, Mansfield, few of he played in every division apart from the top flight. And then he, after he, after he retired, he went into coaching, coached out in Ethiopia, coached the Ethiopian national team, and um, did that for a few years. He's he, he now, he now at the moment he's about to get a new job. I'll, I'll mention in a minute, but he's now works for the Premier League, yeah. and his job, yeah, his job is to go around. Um, uh, he does coach education, so one of his jobs is to put Leighton Baines to the <laughs> so That's that's what it, that's one of his jobs at the moment. Um, but he's got he's soon to take up a job in equality in the, with the uh, with the uh, Premier League. So that's a kind of new change. I was, I was sticking his boots away, and he's going to be behind the desk. So. That's a new role for him. My sister, Annika, is a, a, an Olympic athlete. She won a bronze in the 400 metres, 400 metre relay um, in Rio, the Rio Olympics. Um, who else in our family? So, in fact, my daughter's British trampolining champion. We just got her into trampolining because she was just a bundle of energy. And um, so she, she she ended up doing trampolining. And she's, she's now like trampoline champion another brother played British basketball he's a British basketball league winner and cup winner played for the Everton Tigers as well is there any room so, left in the um, house for any trophies mate or 
Only we smoke on our own houses, so we just keep our trophies in our own houses, to be honest. So so that's a good thing, actually, because the trophy room would be, you know, you know, we'd have to put extra clothing in or something. But but yeah, there's there's there's, uh, there's you know we just we were just one of those families who we were just into different sports and everything. So no, it's fantastic, yeah. mate. And I know obviously not to be out on, um, and obviously you brought a book out. Is it is it about five or six years ago now? I mean something like that. Yeah, yeah, and I know obviously yeah. well. You know, in, in terms of obviously what's got what's going on today and, and what's been going on. Um, you know, obviously the, the issues are still there. So I don't know whether you want to obviously touch on a little bit about that as well. Okay, so the book was called uh, Pitch Black and it was about the history of black footballers in, in the UK. And in a sense, it was a bit like um it was, I mean, it chanted history from when I first started getting into football. So it was just coincided with um with a kind of influx of black British footballers coming into, or black English footballers coming into the professional game up until the 1970s, I suppose. There weren't, there weren't that many. There was a smattering. There was a few. We haven't had Mike Trebilco in the, uh, in the 60s. There was Albert Johansson. There was a couple of West Ham players um, uh, and everything else. And throughout the history of the kind of professional game, there's been a smattering of uh, football, black footballs, but in the seventies, post Windrush generation, you got far more footballers coming in the game. We had Cliff Marshall at Everton. We had, uh, you know, um, uh, the three the three degrees at West Brom. Viv Anderson, a whole load of other footballers who came into the game. So, my book was really about uh, their experiences of um, of. Uh, of of playing, how they got started, the experiences of racism in the game, the impact that you know, the impact of that on their on their lives, their families' lives, and um, and just to just to chat whether or not things are better or or things are worse, and and how the whole issue of racism has developed over those over over a kind of forty odd year period. So yeah, that was the kind of gist of the book. And I suppose, um, I suppose the, uh, the the big takeaway from it was was that things are better in some ways. But when black footballs first started playing, uh, there weren't any black managers, there weren't any black journalists, there were very few coaches. There were the, the only thing that's changed, I suppose. I suppose my conclusion was the only thing that's changed, I suppose, is that. There's a uh, you know there's there's less abuse from the terraces, but uh, that's kind of changed to online as you know as uh, has been highlighted in the last few weeks. Yeah, very much. So, to be honest, I, I was just going to touch on that to obviously see what you thought about obviously the way things are you know pretty much up to date. And like you said, it it just seems to have. Um, the abuse is still there. It's just the channel w- w- where it's put in has, has changed. Um, and you know, certainly from, from from my point of view, we've definitely got a long way to go, haven't we? We certainly have got a long way to go. It's 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 um, you know, we the game kind of told itself a few years ago that we'd not solved it, but we do. We would certainly come a long way. But it appears to that that actually we're going in some ways we're kind of going backwards. I think the um. I think the abuse online is 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 uh, is something that could be that if that if the um, 
if the if the football if the fo- to be honest if the football authorities took a firmer line on it, I mean, uh, then then they could then they could use their strength and their power to kind of cut it out. Because at the end of the day, um, Facebook and Twitter and the other social media platforms. If you were to post a, a clip of a game, they'll take that down yeah. in no time. Uh, but they can't seem to, um, they can't seem to to find out who's doing all, who's who's giving out all this abuse. And part of the reason is, is obviously they've got uh, they've got deals with the Premier League to take down any Premier League owned content and everything else. So. Whatever deals they've got with the Premier League, surely the Premier League can use their influence to um, to enable them to kind of find out who's, uh, who's 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 abusing people online and make sure that it's uh, it's stopped. Yeah, totally, totally agree. I just can't understand. And you know, obviously, twenty twenty one, and obviously, social media now is absolutely massive. There's so many different platforms, isn't it? But I just it just seems baffling to me. Someone can set up a, a profile. Um, and obviously it not be managed or policed, um, you know, in any way whatsoever. So, like you said, that certainly I think that that's that's the way forward. And hopefully, um, obviously these sorts of people people can be rooted out and and dealt with uh, by the by the proper authorities. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, you know, in, you know, you've got some eighteen, nineteen year old kid who's uh, just kind of you know. Uh, trying to make his way in the game, trying to make his way in life as well, who's subject to this abuse and everything else. And I just think, um, why? I, I just think that it's you know it's high time that the that the game used its own influence to kind of uh, stop this stuff happening. Really, you know, nobody, nobody's. Um, it, it's it's difficult to kind of you can't legislate for individuals, but you can legislate for the platforms in which these individuals kind of. Um, you know, uh, do this kind of stuff. On. Yeah, no, t- totally agree, Emmy. Um, and I say, hopefully, hopefully they will do sooner rather than later. Because uh, safe for obviously for it to still be happening in twenty twenty one is just you know it, it's so sad that you know, and it's a real indictment on our society. I think. I think yeah, I think so. It is an indictment on society that this thing isn't isn't because uh, you know obviously these issues should be. You know the kind of thing you think of when you think of you know it should be you should think of these people who do this kind of thing as 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 you know real people who are kind of on the fringes of society and who are, and who are just kind of pure kind of lunatics who are on the fringes of society rather than people who are using kind of mainstream platforms in order to do what they do so um i think i think uh, from what from what I can gather that Actually, the government appears to be making all the right noises at the moment and be saying the right things, and I think moves will be afoot in order to uh, in order to stop. But I think, to be honest, if that wasn't the case, I think the next stage would probably be some kind of social media boycott. Uh, to be honest, by uh, some of the players that are already talking about that kind of thing already. I don't know how it would work. To be perfectly honest, but. Some kind of a social media boycott would be, you know, the next, the next, the next stage if the, if the main main players in the social media game 
don't get the act yeah, together. Yeah, and I, I think they'd be well within the rights, wouldn't they? I mean, I think uh, I think we've seen it even in, you know in, in in our current squad. You know, the likes of Tom Davis and a few others who've you know they've received awful you know awful abuse and they've they basically walked away from it because. You just you know, you just don't think it's worthwhile interacting with people on there just because of the amount of abuse they, they get. So, um, yeah, I think sooner rather than later, it's yeah. got to happen, hasn't it? So, definitely, absolutely. And if you remember a few years ago when uh, Ross Barkley got got abused by uh, was it the son or was it, it was certainly Kelvin yeah. McKenzie? Yeah, you know, and the club just said, you know, we're not having anything to do with it. We boycotted that newspaper. So I think, you know, you know, there's a modern kind of a more modern day, you know, well, a fairly recent example of how of how um, football clubs can use their power to make sure that these things, you know, to to hit them in their pockets. Actually. Yeah, and that, that definitely, I think that's the way forward, isn't it? I mean, I think that's the only way they're going to probably get listen to um, the way the way things are at the moment. But um, just just obviously bring things uh, up, to, obviously up to date, mate, with with the Blues and stuff. Did you uh, did you manage to watch any of the game last night? Yeah, I saw the game last night. It was it was a bit of a it's a bit of a reality check, yeah. I think. Um, you know, like many people, I've been kind of getting carried away with myself thinking. Yeah, we were getting the top four this year and then we'll win the Champions League <laughs> next year. <laughs> and getting a bit carried away with myself. But but I think it was a it was a bit of a reality check. I suppose the positives were it was nice to see Alan back. Um and uh, and I thought he did and I thought he did well for the for the for the time he was he, he, well, certainly the first half and you know, he was he was he was he, you could tell that we'd missed him. Actually, but I think you know the. But I looked at the bench beforehand, and that it's a paper thin squad we've got at the moment. Just the injuries, eight Nozad, and uh, that bench. If you think of the bench in the early part of the season, it had quality on it. And this bench, I'm not saying they're not good players, but they're not. They're not. There's not a lot of experience there. And uh, I think Chelsea were, you know, well worth there. Well worth their win. I think they, you know, uh, we didn't really get into the game much. Not, not uh, we left. We left uh, the front two far too isolated. I just think, uh, you know, like I said, it was a bit of a reality check. It's just, uh, uh, and and the injuries are really hitting us at the moment. I think. No, I totally agree. Mate. I think um, I don't know if you agree, mate. I thought Takore was a huge miss. Um, well. I was gonna say, yeah, massive, massive miss. We just missed his energy, I think, more than anything. Um, massive miss that that he wasn't there. It would have been nice to see him and Alan together, actually. But uh, but missing Decore was a was a was a big one to miss. I, I think, I think, if I'm being honest, if we had any chance of getting some of winning that game yesterday, I think he would have had to. Play. Yeah, no, I agree. I, mean, I think I think you'd have to be looking at like the, having the first first choice eleven out, and like you said, I think. Probably since the start of the season, maybe a few games into the season, we haven't really had that. Um, like you said, Alan and Zakori together looked looked really good, um, but obviously they've only had a handful of games together because of these injuries, etc. And uh, like you said, I, I, to be honest, I mean, as soon as I saw the line up and then I saw the bench, um, I was thinking to myself, you know, if we get away with a draw here, I'd be quite happy. 
Um, yeah. And yeah, like you said, I think I think these are starting to bite now. Um, the, the injuries and you know don't don't get me wrong. You, you know you looked at it. Um, like you said, I thought Chelsea were well worth the win. Um, but you look at you know on the face of it, we've lost to an own goal and a pen, haven't we? Um, yeah. So you know yeah. the, the, there's there's probably plus points we can take away from it, but obviously. Um, the Burnley game on the weekend's a massive one, which we, we'll touch on a bit later. Yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah, de- definitely. I think you know it was it was a. Uh, I mean, like you know, there are positive. I mean, the other positives as well. I think is that um, last season it would have been a. It probably would have been a bit more embarrassing. They tried to, the, the, you know, they went. They, they kept going to the end. Which was good to see. Uh, it was it was it was very different from you know if that if if that game was being played last season, I just think it would have been far more embarrassing. Really. No, no, I agree. I mean, I think like you said, I think that's one thing certainly with uh, with Carlos' team. What you've seen this season, they have kept going, haven't they? Even in, yeah, even definitely. in the face of reverse, you see, like they've they've still kept going and still had to go. And I think you know, obviously you looked at Chelsea Chelsea squad. You know, like you said, not just the team but the bench and the money they've spent there. Um, I think Tuchel's obviously started get them getting them playing a little bit. Got a bit more back to basics. I think hasn't he's gone a bit more defensive and um, obviously the the grinds and out results. But they'll they'll be up there. I think they'll probably be second or thing there by the time the season finishes. So um, I think it's these next few games, isn't it? That that's going to be the big one for us. I think so. Yeah, I think the next few games are really crucial to the way the season's going to pan out for us. To be honest, um, like you said about Chelsea and you know the. He seems to at least he's got them punching their weight at any at any rate, because uh, I think they were, you know, if you look at their squad, they were definitely underperforming, and he's definitely got them punching their weight. And like you said, they're a bit more, they're less open and a bit more defensive minded, but obviously they've got quality, you know, all over the pitch and uh, and certainly in forward areas and it kind of um, it kind of show. But like you said, as as you said, you know, it was. Uh, it was um, a GBS own goal and a and a penalty. Um, that was that was that, that separated the two sides, and so um, got, got to take a bit of art from that at least. No, most definitely, mate. Say plenty, still plenty to play for, and I think, like you said. Hitting the nail on the head, really, about it. It was a bit of a reality check, um, and it probably shows how you know how far we've still got to go. Um, but yeah. obviously, you know, in terms of you know, ten games left. 10, 11 games left, whatever it is. Um, and we're still in there with a shout, aren't we? And which, as I say, we'll discuss a bit more about later. But um, just wanted to go back and see, you know, the dim and distant past, uh, if you don't mind, Emmy. Um, yeah. I know you've obviously you've watched us for a, for a long time. Um, and it, it'd be great to obviously get get your take on some of the things. Obviously, on the podcast, what we've discussed is, uh, and it's been a really good part of it, to be honest, hearing people's memories about like the favourite players, the worst players, kits, matches, etc. Um, so it'd be great to get your take on it, mate. Um, I mean, if you can start off with the players first of all, um, is there a, is there a player that sort of stands out for you either, like when you were growing up or obviously when you've been going a match? It, it would have to be Neville Southall. Would be me. I, I just think he's the best. He's the he's my favourite ever Evertonian, uh, Everton player. To be honest, just I mean for people who've who were too young to have seen him, it's it's. It, it's it, it's hard to kind of get across how good he was. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I mean, a lot of people said he won us the league in eighty in eighty five. Um, it's hard to think of a keeper as being the key player who wins you the league 
So that's kind of the measure of how good he was. Uh, so he was definitely, and then obviously all the games he played over the long period of time, um, the way he made things look so easy, the way he just um, sometimes made things look so easy, um, the way you always kind of had confidence that that whatever was going to happen, he'd be the last line of defence, and he'd and he'd always, you know, and 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 you know, you knew that it'd be something special to beat him. To have to beat him, really. So Neville Southall definitely me would be, as far as I'm concerned, me favourite ever Everton footballer. He's the, he's the standard, isn't he? I mean, I've mentioned this before on the podcast. I mean, sadly, I started um, I started going the game and, and obviously taking a, a lot more of an interest probably in like the early 90s. And don't get me wrong, obviously, he was still a really top keeper. And you only had to see like in 95 that, you know, the, the performances he put in there. Um, but obviously, he was, you know, he was sort of coming, coming down. I'm not saying he was on the slide, but obviously, he wasn't as good as what he was in the 80s. But obviously, speaking to everyone, he was sort of was, was there around that time. Um, and I'll be honest, even even quite a lot of Reds who have spoken to all, mm. all said like he was the best in the world. Um, and you know, like you said, I mean, I think maybe that's something that that we've got to take forward in the next couple of seasons. Where I think you've got to have a really top class keeper, haven't you, if you want to win trophies? You've definitely got to have a um, you know a top class keeper. I think I think pick you know it's it's been talking about keepers. I suppose it's been. He, you know, the last three or four games, he seems to have been, he seems to have ironed out some of the daft things from his game, and and I think, and I I personally think, you know, others might disagree, but I I personally think there's a really good keeper in there somewhere. Um, he just needs some consistency, and he needs to, and he needs to focus on the on being a goalkeeper rather than you know playing to the crowd or. Or all the other stuff that goes with it, I just think. But I, but I do think there's a good keeper in there, and and I don't think it's been any harm whatsoever having Olsen as a backup to him to uh, help keep him focused, really. But you but you're right. I think if we are gonna if we are gonna you know meet all our aspirations, um, a good goalkeeper is is going to be just crucial. I mean, I can't think of any side in the Premier League who hasn't got. Who hasn't got a top-notch keeper? To be honest, well, all the ones who are challenging for something have got. They've all got top-notch keepers. Um, I think he can develop into one, but we're really going to need one, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as I say, whether it, whether it gets remedied in the summer or, or not, mate. Obviously, but like you said, I think um, certainly the last two or three games. Pickford, he's he's been he's been really good, and I know obviously last night he kept the scores out quite a bit. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, like you said, hopefully if you can keep them sort of performances up, then maybe we don't have to look elsewhere. But we'll wait and see, Amy. Um, on on the other side of things, mate, and again this has been <laughs> been quite interesting to hear. Obviously the thoughts of uh, people regarding like you know the, the sort of worst players they've seen, and it's 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 the angles people come at. Like some people have said, you know. Um, Certain players who came and they just they had no ability whatsoever, uh, and it was a hard hard ass watching them. Um, but obviously on the other side of things, players who might have come with like a big reputation and then for whatever reason didn't do it, didn't put the, put a shift in. So um, I don't know whether you know what what your thoughts on it. Whether you might have one that stands out for you. We've had so many poor players. Just the way to stand. <laughs> uh, the, the first player I really. 
you know, when I was a kid, I really didn't like was, uh, and if there's any, and if I kind of, I kind of hesitate to say this because uh, I met his cousin a few years ago. <laughs> but it was Teddy Delacroix. All right, it's okay, mate. Yeah, it's a cousin of his a few years ago, um, and 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 I went and I, and I got dead shy. To be honest about about him, but um, so I hope he's not listening or his cousin <laughs> not listening or anything like that. But he was the first player I really disliked. We, you know that you go from that kind of wide-eyed little kid, kind of all blues, or oh, yeah, anybody in your team's great and everything else. To to he was the first. He was the first one, but he wasn't the worst. To be perfectly honest, he he wasn't the worst. It would have to be. Oh, there's so many. Um, Glenn Keeley. For obvious reasons, one. But he only ever played one game, I think. One game that I remember. Yeah. But he was awful. Um, Brett Angel was. Uh, he's been mentioned a few times. Every to be fair, yeah. Oh, he's got to be up there. Uh, to be perfectly honest, really got to be up there. Um, a big signing who disappointed. I can't remember who people. I mean, I, I tell you one who, uh, who probably doesn't get mentioned that often. But I thought Tony Cotty was a massive disappointment. Right, um, okay, mate. Perfectly honest. He probably hasn't been mentioned that often. No, he hasn't. He he come for big money. I think he was a record signing. He had a great debut. I remember his debut? I think he scored a he scored a trick on his debut. Some something like that. We just and he was the Lineker replacement as well. And um, and I just remember, but you know, he was. We had him for a bit of time, and he only t- seemed. To turn it on at the back end of the season when, when, uh, when there was nothing to play for, he only seemed to be interested in scoring goals for himself rather than, rather than you know for, for you know, you know playing for the shirt or playing for the team. Um, so I think all in all, he was a he, he was a disappointment to be honest, but. I don't know who else has people said. There's been a, there's been a few. I mean, say it's it's been really interesting to to hear you know people what people have mentioned. I think probably at the end of the season, I'm I'm going to compile like a best and worst elevens and just yeah, see no. see where it stacks up. But like you said, Brett Angel certainly been mentioned in dispatches. Um, we had a, we had a, a couple of people mention James Beatty. Um, just in terms of like obviously the, the money that he came for, then we've had yeah. the likes of uh, Schneiderlin being mentioned because obviously you know attitude wise, yeah. um, etc. You know stuff like that. So yeah, I, it has been really interesting to be honest. I, there's another one. There is another one who just who just who just never talked to. Uh, oh, Peter Beagree was one as well. Peter Beagree, I think he was a massive disappointment. Uh, to be honest, we bought him for big money. Uh, he just used to he just used to try and beat the same man about four times while everyone was just waiting in the box for the ball to come over. That was just really annoying. Uh, you just um, he wouldn't get the ball over quickly. McGeady is another one. It was just similar vein, isn't he? To be honest, yeah. to be agree, um, I mean, I similar think to be agree. That's what made me think of Beagree, To be honest, McGeady just had. He, we didn't buy him for big money, to be honest, but I just thought he was massive disappointment. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I mean, he played he played in the Champions League, I think, with Celtic. Oh, he played yeah, he yeah, yeah, definitely. So I was just expecting, I expected a lot more from him. But you know, he's with Sunderland now, isn't he? And I think that says a lot, a lot really, that he's a uh, that he's probably on relatively big money um, at at Sunderland. I just think he's been a. He was a massive disappointment. Um, 
James BT, I can see why. Yeah, I can see why. But they'd be me big disappointments, I think. No problem. So yeah, we will have to get we'll have to get your eleven there, mate, because I think you've more or less gone through them. So <laughs> we'll have yeah. to we'll get that one out there for you. Brilliant, mate. Um mm. just just moving on, as I say, that this has been another really good one, mate. Um, because a few a few of these kits um that people have mentioned have sort of appeared in the good and bad column. Oh, well, uh, but as I say, it's been really interesting to hear people's take on that as well, because some people don't get me wrong, um I've 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 got quite a few of the kits what people have mentioned, but there's there's um certain people have mentioned certain kits, maybe like like the eighty six kit, where some people who weren't around at the time absolutely yeah. love it because they say you know it looks a great kit but obviously people who were around they just obviously it symbolizes as you know the fact that we lost the doubles to liverpool so they hate it so it's it's stuff like that so have you have you i'm just going to say i mean i don't know which way you want to start really mate but um have you got you've got thoughts either way on like your best and your worst ones i haven't uh, i'll start with my worst ones because i can't think of my best ones at the moment it might give me a bit of time but I, i'd go with the 86 kit to be honest with the, with the 86 it does remind me of the times when we did lose the double but i don't think i for me the 86 kit's just not an everton kit mm. um it's just a big white stripe across the front that's not an everton kit for me uh so i didn't like it at the time i like it even less now and i'm glad we've never gone for some kind of you know, retro type yeah. version or anything like that. I just, um, I just never, I just, I just didn't like the, I didn't like it at the time, and 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 now, it, you know, it's kind of people call it the Lineker kit. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, didn't like it at the time. Don't, I, I don't like it now. More, more because I just don't think it's, it's not an Everton kit as far as I. Yeah, as and a few people have mentioned that as well. I mean, to be fair, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah it's not, it's not an Everton kit. Um, some of the away kits, I mean, in terms of the best ones, uh, uh, I'm just trying to think of a home kit that I, I did like, I did, I did like, I did quite like the salmon and this, the salmon and, you know, the, the salmon pink and blue stripes as an yeah. away kit. I do quite like that, but I'm, I'm kind of a bit more of a... A traditionalist thing. I think I've liked, you know, when we've had it all black away kit. I think I've liked all of them. Yeah. Uh, to be to be honest, and um, we've had a few of them in recent years, so I kind of quite like them. Um, as home kits, uh, I seem to I, I vaguely remember. Um, I vaguely remember the Rooney, the Rooney Steve Watson one, which was just a kind of straightforward round collar. Yeah, it was the Cajun, I think that one wasn't it. I mean, yeah, just yeah, yeah. One, yeah. Puma. I think it was a Puma, one of the one of the Puma one kits. Of the Puma kits, yeah. I think uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a bit old school. I just kind of I, I like I like something that's uh, you know pretty kind of uh, traditional for want of a better word. So I think that's probably been my favourite kit. It doesn't mean to say I don't like some of the uh, some of the newfangled ones, but um, but but. I think that was probably they're probably my favourite kit, yeah. Oh no, it's great, mate. And yeah, to be honest, that, that one hasn't been mentioned, Zemi, but yeah, I, I was a fan of that one as well, to be honest. I think um I think they were quite underrated, to be honest, the Puma kits. I think they made some really I, nice gear. I, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I think they're I think they're pretty underrated as well. Yeah, definitely. 
Oh, no, brilliant, mate. Well, this one, again, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot again, Ian, mate. The, the last sort of section in this uh, is when we talk about people's sort of best and worst matches. Um, and again, it's been it's been great to obviously hear, hear tales of, uh, you know, people going to match and going away and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, uh, obviously from, from, from the magnificent high to like the crushing lows in terms of, you know, some of the defeats. So I don't know which way you want to start on that one, mate. So we'll start with the best. Uh... I'm sure a few people have mentioned the Bayern Munich game. Me and my brother went. Uh, I know everyone says they were there. Uh, <laughs> and I, know everyone... I think they've all been on this, haven't we, to be honest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know every, everyone says they were there. And, you know, cliche, me and my brother were in the Gladys uh, at the time. It's not even me part of the ground that I tend to go in, but me and my brother were in the Gladys, I remember. And at the time, I would have been in my late teens watching it, but just just the atmosphere. Uh, obviously, most people have seen, you know, clips and videos of the of the game itself, but um, but just just because just because it marked the point in which um, uh, we were we we could show Liverpool a thing or two. To be honest, it just marked that point where we'd arrived and we would uh, and we were competing with them. Actually. Was um was was what I remember about the period rather than the the game itself. The game itself was just you know was just the, just the noise, the atmosphere. That's just all I can remember from it actually. And I just remember the you know what it was like when Stevens Stevens go winning because I think the first two I was I was kind of half waiting for a a whistle to for offside or a foul for the first two, but the but the third one. Where he was through on goal and he had to beat the keeper and he just tucked it away nicely. Never forget that. It was just, you know, it's up there with the, with me kids being born. To be oh, to be honest, it's it's you know just that euphoric moment where the whole where you you know when you're hugging strangers and falling, yep. and you can't keep your balance and all of that. Brilliant game. Where's game once again? Been just so many. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's been so many of the worst game. Probably, it, 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 I'm just trying to think of it. Probably one of the derbies would have been pretty, pretty low points. Uh, I think. Um, uh, yeah, it would have been. It probably would have been the one of the cup finals. AC six was pretty bad. Uh, AC nine was bad. I'd probably say eighty six. Uh, 86 Cup final was probably the worst for the for the number of reasons really, uh, just because you know it was just a disappointing end to what what should have been a great you know right at the start of the season we would have been one of the favourites to win the European Cup and yeah. partway through the season you know we're on course to 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 win a double that we probably should have won the season before to be perfectly honest and uh, and anyway we you know. We lose out on the double, and just the end of the season. You know the way we, the way we play. I mean, AC five was a bit of a disappointing one as well, but it was, but it was also the start of something new. We'd, you know, we'd we just won the Cup Winners Cup, and I think, but AC six was probably, yeah, probably, yeah, probably the worst game actually. I mean, you know, there's been other games which have been, which we played terribly at. Um, I think. I think the recent derby when we when we lost to all Liverpool's kids was probably a real low. That was a real low, I think. Um, 
you know, one of the worst, one of the worst performances, I'd say. You know, if not the worst game, certainly one of the worst performances. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the but that eighty six that eighty six cup final probably um probably the way and the other thing as well you know the game as well we were cruising not cruising but we were in control for an hour we were the better team for an hour and um and just and, and just to kind of you know you know the game turned on its head within you know in the space of kind of twenty minutes or thereabouts um just just a real disappointment at the end of the day. Yeah, no. So I mean, I mean, hopefully, uh, the way things are going now, we can remedy that. Um, and obviously, we did at Anfield the other week, which was fantastic. But just typical of the fact that obviously there's no uh, there was no fans in there to see it. Um, which you know what I mean. You, you couldn't make that one up, could you? Really, but yeah. just the way things are. But um, just obviously, just to bring it back up to date now. Anyway, I mean, with um, obviously in, in terms of going into the weekends. Um, obviously got Burnley at home on the weekend, um, which is obviously huge after the, the, the Chelsea results. Um, how are you feeling about it going into that game? I honestly don't know what Everton are going to turn up. That's the thing. Um, on paper, on paper, I'd really like us to, you know, to just go at them and uh, and I think with it's funny with Burnley. They're just one of them teams where if where the first goal is kind of crucial. If you get the first goal, then you've got to come off the shell a little bit. But they're just happy to sit there and uh, soak up a load of pressure and wait for set pieces and that. I just think that the first goal is going to be crucial. And uh, if we get the first goal, hopefully we can go on to win. But um, but but I don't know. I'm not. I'm not against 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 the better teams. I'm confident we're going to put a shift in against. The teams who aren't, I, I honestly don't know what Everton's going to turn up. I mean, I know we've been scraping some one nils, but the performances against the lesser teams, for want of a better word, haven't been great. Um, I honestly don't know what Everton's going to turn up, but you know, I'm always confident that we uh, we've certainly got the quality to um, you know to, to get a good result to, to beat them. But who knows how? Who knows what? Who knows what state of mind they're going to? Turn up in. No, totally agree. I, mean, I think it's um, it's been so strange, hasn't it, to see how how well we've done away. Obviously, I know last uh, the other night, um, what obviously wasn't great, but I think it was our first loss away since November, yeah. something like that, uh, which is crazy, isn't it? Um, and obviously, you look at the home form. I mean, thankfully, they, they got uh, they picked back up against Southampton, but the way it's been all season uh, for most of the season has been really poor. So. Yeah, like you said, that has been really strange to see. Um, what what would you do though? I mean, I mean, obviously the the, the talk that you know the likes of Seamus Coleman, um, Davis, uh, Hammers, you know, might be might be fit. How how would you go? What what sort of lineup would you go with? Again, I think I'd, I mean he likes to play. I mean, he played four at the back yesterday, so I was, I, I was which was a bit surprised that to be honest. And not that I wasn't it wasn't I wasn't critical of him. I was just a bit surprised the thought he played three at the back, but. I'd, and, and put an extra man in midfield, uh, to be honest, just to just to because the over and the overran us in midfield, uh, Chelsea did. So I just thought they might do that. But I think against I think against Burnley, I'd like to see us play three three up top or th- you know I'd like to I'd like us to play three up top like we like we do like we do sometimes. Um, someone either side of uh, Calvert Lewin to give him so he's not so isolated. He, he, 
I mean, he's in win balls against them. But, but you know what? Bailey's defenders like stuff going up in the air. Yeah. They like, they, 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 you know, they're happy with that all day. I just think, you know, for second balls and for and for winning and for winning flick ons and everything, I'd like to see two two either side of him and close to him. So I'd like him to. I'd like. I'd like to go three up top, three in midfield, four at the back, or even if he wants to play three at the back, have a extra man in midfield. But certainly three up top would be my preference for it. Anyway, if Ham is back, I think we've we've definitely we've definitely he hasn't been the same as he was at the start of the season. To be perfectly honest, we went out injured, didn't he? And he hasn't really been back firing the way he was earlier in the season. So we, he's he's due. He's due um, a return to form. No, I agree. I, I definitely agree. I mean, I think um, the quality's still there, isn't Obviously, you've only got to look at the, the past that he made at Anfield, yeah. haven't you, for it? But I think, yeah, I agree with you. I think, again, I don't know whether maybe, obviously, with the core and Alan not sort of being there all seasons, it, it's hampered him a little bit, and then he was put on the right-hand sides and different things. But you're right, I think that, you know, there's definitely performance in there, and, and, and it's coming, hopefully. Um, but just just in terms of up front, um, would, you give, would you give King a go from the start? Really good question, actually. I, I mean, nobody's seen enough of him, um, to be perfectly honest. Uh, when he has come on, he's looked lively enough, but he just hasn't had time to kind of do anything. Um yeah, I think it would be. I think uh, King's one of them. From what I've seen of him, King's not one of those players who seems to be able to play on the on on on. But maybe if we had, maybe if we had three at the back, and we had some wing backs that maybe you could play either side of him. You know, we could have Richarlison on one side and King on yeah. the other side, and then have. You know, either Sigurdsson or or Hammers just behind him. Uh, that I'd like to see. I'd like to see that actually because um, it will be just looked like he was back to the start of the season again. Yeah, it's 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 a weird one, isn't it? With him, I mean, he's. You just don't know, obviously, a bit like us, um, yeah. the way the way we've been all season. You don't know what you're going to get out of him, haven't you? Because I know he went through, he went through a bit of a patch where he looked like a real player, didn't he? And I know, yeah. I know he's um, he's thrown a few things on um, social media today, saying obviously he's joining up at Nigeria and he hopes he's playing in his preferred position. So whether that's a little bit of a dig at Carlo, like I don't know, um, but. Yeah, it, it's been really strange, uh, strange to see. And I, I think, obviously, there's quite a lot of the players there who've they've been playing now under Carlo a while and they're really finding some consistency. But with him, it, it's, it is a bit strange. And um, I'll be honest, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see King start on, on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I, think I, 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 I would make that sort I mean, you know, whether whether this whether these spatters dummy out or not and he's having a slide dig at Carlo... We're we're a Nigerian family, so I watch a lot of Nigerian football. I wear the the, na- the national team a lot, and to be honest, yeah. he's the guy who he's, he's the one who makes them tick. He's a kind of old-fashioned no, yeah, he's a, oh, he's a number ten, and where yeah. he plays for Nigeria, and he's important to the way in which they play. So I get he's playing out of position. He's not. He's not. Um, he, he's not a right midfielder. He's he, uh, he does a job there, but is. It's his crossing's not good enough. Uh, to mm. be perfectly honest, when he's there and he and he and he is playing out of position, and he does and he does look the part when he plays there for Nigeria. We we've got an abundance of riches in that kind of area. To be honest, with Sigerson and Hammers, 
really. Yeah. So he's not going to get in ahead of them two. I, I wouldn't have thought, but I would like to see King have a have a you know make a start and um, and maybe this is the game to do it. And maybe if we had say three at the back and we pushed. Uh, Coleman a bit further forward on one side or someone else on, on one side and then Ian yeah. could play fit, pushed him further forward that might allow us a little bit of uh, and then maybe you know he likes to play with he likes to play you know Alan will probably be back again and he likes to play with someone who's who, probably Davis or somebody um, it would be which might give us a little which might give us a little bit of solidity if he thinks, uh, maybe in midfield. I, I'd like, I'd definitely like to see uh, King start a game and see how he gets on. I think he, you know he's got some pace there as well, to be honest. And you know you can never have too much of that. So I think um, it would be great to see him play alongside. Alongside, I always, I also think as well that for for Calvert Lewin, he leads. He quite often, you know. Um, he needs he needs someone to lighten the load for him a little bit, to yeah. be honest. Um, and and he's always he's 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 game as it as they call him. He always works hard. He's always gives hundred percent. But same the other day, same as the other day, he gets isolated a lot of the time, and he's winning headers, and there's no one to pick them up. So all he's doing is just winning flick-ons, and it's just coming straight back. He's someone playing closer to him. Um, and Michalison, you know, no one doubts his work rate, uh, but someone who can get close to him and play alongside him would be ideal, really. I'd like to no. Stars. no, I agree. I agree. I mean, I think, um, and especially the, the nature of the game with, with what happened, um, what happened last night, um, and in terms of obviously going forward now for the rest of the season, we've really got a sort of posh on, haven't we? And get these three points. Yeah. And like you said, I totally agree with what you said. I think with the the way Burnley are, if they go a goal in front, they're just going to sit deep. They're going to have two banks of four and basically say, you know, come on, come on, come, let, let's see what yeah. you've got. And we, we've already seen it this season, especially at home. We've really struggled to sort of break those teams down. Mm-hmm. So to, for us to for obviously go out and have a go, um, I, I think that that's massive for yeah. us. And um, hopefully that's, you know, that hopefully that's the way Carl will set up and that's the way he'll go. So um, I've got to ask you now, mate, about uh, a prediction. How, how do you think it is going to go? <laughs> Uh, 2-0 2-0 2-0 yeah. of course but I mean um, yeah I'm going to go for I'm going to go for 2-0 goal in each half hopefully uh, yeah 2-0 I'll take, take that all day long mate and like I said hopefully hopefully keep uh, keep this pushing because I think the, the games we've got coming up I think we've obviously got we've got Palace to come and Brighton to come after this in the league and obviously we've got the, we've got the uh, quarter-final against City as well so you know some massive games coming up and hopefully a real chance for us to, uh, to, to push on Yeah now. we've got we've got a decent run of games in the league actually um, which is you know winnable ones to ones that if we're going to if we're going to do what we need to do then you know they've got to all be won really so um, so so yeah I just think I just think um, that uh, that you know that uh, hopefully we can get some people back. Um, hopefully, hopefully they'll, they'll all you know. I think the old the old team's got to kind of step up another notch, really. 
to uh, to get to where we got to go. Even, I mean, if you look at the table, even to get sixth would be. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to do us down or anything. Fourth would be like winning a proper trophy, I think. But um, but even to get sixth is going to be hard. Uh, the league's so tight at the moment. There's, there's all those teams who are competing for the top four. And like you said before, Chelsea are on a charge. Um, uh, you know, Leicester, West Ham. There's. there's Getting in the top six is going to be Liverpool. Getting in the top six is going to be really hard. So I think, yeah. I think um, you know they've all got a you know the whole squad's got to kind of step up and and uh, between now and the end of the season, to be honest. So them their games, they're just you know the next three league games are just must wins. I also think we can. I I also think that on a given day we can probably beat anyone, and it'll just be. Like us to lose the next three games and beat City. <laughs> Do you know what? You're not the first person who said that to me, mate. To be honest, yeah, it'd be the most evident thing ever. It would, mate. And I think a few people have mentioned as well that I think when we play City, they've got to play the Champions League in in midweek. Um, and I know they're really gonna they really want to go for that, don't they? So um, yeah, fingers crossed, mate. Fingers crossed, we can get a positive result yeah. there. Um, and we just just wanted to finish off, and obviously. Everyone who's been listening to this, I'm sure I'll have enjoyed it. Um, and I'm, I know, I know, you can obviously still get copies uh, of the book. Um, I just wanted, obviously, if you wanted to mention that, yeah, to it's, us. Called, it's called Pitch Black. Um, Amazon's enough. To, you can get it on Amazon. There are other book companies that you can get it from as well. And so just, just shop around. To be honest, um, but hopefully, what what would be nice is for um, someone to pick it up, give it a read, and let you know what they think about it. Yeah, no, brilliant, mate. I say it, fantastic read, mate, and I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be quite a lot of people if if they haven't got an order, they will be after this, which is great. Um, so thanks very much for your time. It's really pleasure. enjoyed, really enjoyed it. Um, I say love to the family. Hope everyone's well, and uh, hopefully I'll speak Likewise, to you soon. Likewise, yeah, speak to you soon, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers, Jamie. Um, so thanks very much for listening, guys. Hope you really enjoyed it today. It's been a, been a fantastic podcast. I'm just saying, I'm sure you'll have enjoyed it. And we'll be back again the same time next week. So thanks very much for your time, guys. Take care of yourselves and up the toffees. <laughs>